Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the third and final installment of this epic podcast with Tom Campbell. If you've listened to the first two parts, you know how incredibly mind-blowing it is, uh, how valuable it is, how freaking smart Tom is. Uh, What an amazing human being, an incredible podcast. In this one, we dive into the rest and we talk about the fundamental attributes of God which is incredible. Uh, The way forward does not require perfection or why it doesn't require perfection anyway. Um, Why being authentic is so important and why wherever you are now is the best place to start. Um, As consciousness, you are immortal. So we, this is just a, you know, it's friggin' awesome, just like the first two parts. So I hope that wherever you are, that you're doing amazing. I appreciate you coming on and giving your time. Um, if you like this podcast and you want to support it, sharing this episode, leaving a review in iTunes, um, all of that is super helpful. And I want to thank so much Hey35, who left a review and it said, one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, Matt is an incredible interview and brings on the most interesting guests. Matt's perspective on life has inspired me and many others. Would highly recommend this podcast to anyone ready to level up their life. So thank you so much for leaving that review. I really appreciate it. Um, But the best thing that you can do if you want to support is to do one act of kindness. Um, And even better would be take the kindness challenge, which is three kind acts. And uh, go out of your way to do it. Just do it for seven days. um, And tell me about it. Let me know what happened. Um, Encourage three friends. Tag three friends to do it. If we can make the kindness challenge go viral, I've kind of talked to a few people about it. The people who've done it absolutely have loved it. And they said, wow. You know, I couldn't believe how simple it was and how powerful that was to just actually do the actions. To me, it's spiritual mastery in motion each and every day. Um, and you have that opportunity. So um, I would love it if you guys take that challenge. Thank you so much to those who are taking it. I really appreciate it. I want to thank so much Matthew Bayers. I hope I pronounced your name right. Um, you chipped in on Patreon, supported me, and also reached out um, to ask if I needed some help for technical stuff. And yes, I do. I did. And so I'm so grateful for you, my friend, and Gina, too. Thank you so much. A couple of people have reached out and said, hey, how can I help out? Um, Because I'm doing a lot of stuff over here, and there's a lot more I want to do. And I'm doing my best to just crush as many of these epic podcasts because I'm getting amazing people reaching out, and I just want to share their stories with you. So, um, so yeah, thank you guys so, so much for all of the support. I really appreciate you. Um, Go to mattbelair.com. Sign up for the email list. If you go forward slash lucid dreaming, you will get a free lucid dreaming ebook and guided meditation also for those of you guys interested in coaching i'm doing more coaching than i normally do um so i'm doing one-on-one power sessions heart journey sessions and everybody who goes through that really does have a profound experience um so if you're looking to level up overcome blocks 
basically anything in self-development um, from everything that I've learned from peak performance, neuro-linguistic programming, uh, hypnosis, spirituality, consciousness. We can apply it to get very clear on what it is that you want and a clear plan on how to get there and overcome uh, the limitations and things that are holding you back through a variety of processes. So if you need some help, definitely hit me up, Matt at uh, mattbeller.com forward slash coaching. And that's it. Uh, check out Zen Athlete if you haven't seen that yet. Check out David Lonebear's Senna Passes work. We're looking at creating the Biodome, which is an inverse magnetic field uh, generator does a, a 200 miles um we need some help to fund his science uh, he's truly incredible he sent balloons into space we want to send another balloon into space when we go see clifford mahoudi in sedona so this is uh this is some serious business um I have the podcast to find people like David and support them, and he's truly phenomenal. So please check out his work. Could definitely use some support. Um, I'm doing the best I can to help him and uh, get his message out there because, holy crap, it's something else. But anyway, let's get into this incredible part three with Tom Campbell. I know you're going to love it. So before we do, let's come into a powerful state of peace and coherence. So wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing and take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath. And just let it out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day. All the self-doubts and limitations and stresses just fading away now. Taking in another deep breath in through your nose. Holding that breath and just making the firm decision now to treat yourself like you treat someone you love. To be loving, kind, and compassionate to yourself and go about the day like that. And just let that breath out slowly with all the limitations, self-criticisms, and self-doubts. Taking in one more deep breath in through your nose. Holding that breath and just see yourself go about the day being loving, kind, and compassionate to yourself, feeling inspired, worthy, whole, valuable, knowing that this is the truth, uh, seeing yourself making a positive impact on yourself and others today, uh, feeling joy and peace and harmony and connection, letting that breath out slowly with all the cares, all the limitations, all the stresses, stresses, feeling totally at ease, at peace, enthusiastic, and ready to take on the day. Here we go, part three with the man, Tom Campbell. When you're no longer at the center of the universe in your own mind, it's not about you. So if somebody's rude to you and steps on your foot or calls you a name or says that you're a fool or incompetent, eh, there's no problem. That's their opinion. It's their problem, not your problem. You see, you don't take it on as a, as a personal insult and get upset and angry and fuss back because it's really not about you. It's about them and the choices that they're making, you see. So become an authentic people, a person, get rid of your fear, and you can live right here, right now, in the society and in the, you know, within this world that we've got, and be a happy person. Find joy, find peace, have great relationships. It's all available now, and the only thing standing in the way is your own fear. And it's not because somebody else is to blame for it. It's your own fear, and the only person that can change your fear is you. So that's an important thing. Yeah, it's not like, well, we're going to all be miserable until we all find, you know, peace in some miraculous way. No, if we're all miserable, we won't find that peace. If we're all miserable and unhappy, we will follow those hustlers that will try to jump in and fill that vacuum that materialism leaves. That's what we'll do because we'll be looking for some strong man that's on our side that'll take care of us. And that's the one we'll jump in with. And, you know, we won't do it right. We'll make poor decisions when we get there. So if you want to, you know, if you want to be happy, if you want to find great relationships with people, have a great love relationships, then 
you need to get rid of your fear. And people ask then, well, how do I get rid of my fear? What fear? Anytime you feel negative, anytime you feel unhappy, anytime you feel anxiety, anger, annoyance, anything like that that's, that's negative, that's your fear. It's your ego in response to your fear. Trace it back, find out what it is, own it, accept it, be authentic, and then change yourself, get rid of it. And you can change yourself, yourself just by having a strong intent to do so. Because that intent will change your future probability of who you are as well. So yeah. there it is. Yep. So we can be happy now. We don't have to wait for decades. Yeah, it's just uh, it's ourselves that make us that make us so so miserable. We blame yeah. it on others, but it's not the others. It's our choices. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. And the one thing that I wanted to add on to um, before when you're talking about the high priests, this is where it goes into um, like, you know, the religious or the idea of like, it, it's afterlife, who is you made a really good point, like who is telling you what to believe, right? And when you have this fear of like the afterlife or things like that, mm -hmm. um, you're trying to figure out reality. That's kind of what we're all figuring out a connection to a God or a higher understanding, all these different kinds of things. Um, and so when you talk about the high priest, it's interesting because you look at, you know, the universities and the departments of physics and, and all these different things. Well, if when I, when I went to uh, Egypt with the resident science foundation, they're like, well, some of the discoveries being made basically changes all of these textbooks and all the things that they're teaching. And so that's like, it's like, oh my God, we have to change everything. And that's not easy. And so if you're controlling these different things, you might not want to do that. Um, even if it, this is the way it's going, even if it's wrong, it's like, well, we've gone this way forever. Now we have to rewrite everything. That's a huge kick in the nuts. And so it seems like um, that's what's happening. And if you look at the double slit experiment itself, it's like, okay, you guys have no idea what's going on. Nobody does. It's like when things just start disappearing and reappearing and like, uh oh, you know, it's like, what's actually happening here? This is a massive mystery. Um, and so if we can just define our culture and these people, these leaders, um, whoever has influence in any capacity to just define a culture set that is loving, caring, kind, supportive, cooperative in any way with the information you have. Um, that's important. And if we can get these guys in and, and adopting those cultures, it's going to be huge, but it's challenging because you're going against old school stuff. There's old school power paradigms that are doing their thing. And ideally with these new systems of education and cooperation, we can kind of go past those things. Um, but I wanted to throw a lot of things at you because I know we've been going for a bit and I, I'll, li I'll listen to you talk forever. This is amazing, but I'm going to throw a lot of things at you just to hear um, what you have to say and you can take whatever you'd like. Um, but, you know, some people talk about, I'm curious, your thoughts on the mandala effect, memory, and you, you can just do whatever you like. Uh, memory, mm -hmm. gravity, um, what is gravity? The ascended masters, who were, who were they? Were they real? Jesus, Buddha, Krishna, what's, what is your thought about them in the simulation theory? Um, and just the last thing I want to talk about is, um, you know, when you talk about logical science, it is logical science where you're coming to, but it's like common sense. It's, it should be sure. common sense to help your community. It's common sense to want to live a joyous life. It's common sense to be inspired to live. It's common sense to know that you influence your reality, um, but you're being sold a different idea and you're accepting it. You know, like one of those ideas was when I was in high school, it's like, you got to do 40 hours a week and you get two weeks off a year. It's like, wait, hold on a second. 
I'm existing on the planet and all of you guys are signing up for 40 hours a week and two weeks off a year. I was like, that's messed up. I think that there's got to be a different simulation here. I think there's got to be a different choice. I don't know what it is, but that can't be the only choice. There must be a different option because that one is not good. Um, and so if you can imagine something, you can define your own rule set of what's important to you, um, your own culture set, your own definition and move forward. Um, and then the, yeah, the very last thing I'll say is, um, you know, the Native American elder friend of mine, David Lone Bear, he's like, the, one of his number one teachings is do three kind acts a day. And that kind of hacks your be it. So you're not supposed to go and tell everybody about it. That gives the energy away. It defeats the whole purpose. Just do three kind acts. Don't tell anybody about it. But that's like kind of like a, a hack to just being it. Just be it, do that. And then I think that all of these other lessons will start to morph in. So a challenge I always give people is just do a kindness challenge. Three kind acts, don't tell anybody, do it for a week. And like you talked about the paranormal, the weird, I sometimes refer to it as like a universal wink. It's like something weird will happen only for you to see and you'll be the only one that registers. And like, huh, that's strange. And so that's one of the hacks. So I, want to, I know that someone was coming in talking to you, been going for a while. So I've thrown all of that at you and you can elaborate on any of it or fill me in on what's yeah. going on. Well, that was a lot. So I'll just make some comments <laughs> there through a whole bunch of it because we are, we are winding up here on two hours. And that is that um, one, uh, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, people uh, wanting to know about afterlife or whatever. Well, as consciousness, you're immortal. There is no death. Death is what happens in the, in the simulation. Death is not for you, your consciousness, and you are playing an avatar who will die. Well, everybody's avatar dies. You know, if you're, a, if you're a player of virtual reality games, you know, avatars die all the time quite, quite readily. And uh, they just uh, re, uh, respawn in the, in the game, and that's what we do too. <clears throat> so for that, the fear of death kind of goes away because there is no death once you stop identifying with the avatar and start identifying with consciousness. All right, so that's kind of one thing. Uh, we talk about the Mandela effect, where strange things can happen, changes seem to take place, and there doesn't seem to be any reason for them. And that can be all sorts of things. You know, uh, people sometimes has nothing to do with the Mandela effect, but sometimes people have very strange experiences where they, you know, they get in their car and drive and sometime in the middle they're kind of getting the days and then there's some place like they're not even here on this planet anymore and then you know the guys in the spaceships come and, and this they have this and that and then uh, sooner or later they find themselves on some road and then they're back in this reality and they wonder what went on there you know or people come out of their house and they see a major fire cities burning down or something when they come back they go do some business when they come back nobody knows anything about it you know, so people have strange experiences. You talk about you know, just for them, you know, maybe there's four or five of them or maybe one, but people have these strange experiences. It could be in a group, masses of people, or it could be an individual. This is a virtual reality. It's programmed. Virtual reality or digital computing is the most flexible information system that you can imagine. Anything can be done in a virtual reality. Um, anything can happen. There's a few rules that says that things won't happen here if they, 
and uh, if if they uh, let's say uh, are not in consonance with uh, with history and with the rule set, well, the rule the rule set allows for all sorts of things, and if the if the times that they are out of whack with with history, like the person that drives off and ends up in some other reality frame and then comes back. Well, as long as that only happens in the margins to individuals or small groups of people, it makes no effect. It doesn't uh, create a problem in the simulation. It doesn't undermine the integrity of the simulation. Anything can happen in a virtual reality. Anything. And most of these things do happen as wake-up calls to those people just to let them know by personal experience that they're living in something that is a lot stranger, a lot richer, and a lot deeper than this material reality that they thought they were living in. And that's just an eye-opener. So there's lots of things that are that way. I remember my son who was playing Age of Empires when he was a, a young guy. And in Age of Empires, you start as cavemen and work your way up, you know, to uh, tra space travel. So it's an evolution game, and there's different tribes that start, and the idea is, is uh, one of the tribes ends up generally taking over all the others and then going all the way to the, you know, to the, to the stars or something. And my son found a cheat code where he could uh, materialize a Mercedes-Benz with a nuclear weapons launcher in the back seat and blow all his competition away with the push of a button and uh, win the game. Of course, it wasn't fun winning that way, but it could be done. And that's just an example of how virtual realities can be strange. You know, right out of nowhere in the cave, in, you know, where everybody's in the cave business, you know, digging in the dirt, trying to find a place to sleep. Here's a Mercedes Benz driving around and uh, has a nuclear <laughs> weapons launcher in the back seat and just wipes all the competition out. All right, reality can be strange, so that'll cover a whole lot of things. And uh, that strangeness usually has a purpose, and the purpose is to just wake people up to a bigger picture. And uh, as long as it doesn't somehow uh, create a dysfunction in the reality, which it would if it was too many people or if they were you know, right in the middle of a newscast or right in front of millions or something, but it's always a couple of people out by themselves, you know, doing something. That's because there's a lot of uncertainty there and nobody believes their story. So there's really no impact on the whole. So the system can get away with that. You know, it's plausible deniability. And uh, that's how strange things happen. All sorts of strange things happen. That's how people are called by their deceased mother, you know, and the mother tells them that they're doing just fine. Thank you very much. And you know, it's her voice and she says things that only she knows and other such things. You know, I mean, there's lots of weird stuff happens in the world and all of it is possible because it's a virtual reality. It's, it's rendered. And those rendering, the system rendering, just the larger conscious system is rendering it. And they didn't, they didn't program it. It was evolved. It's an evolved reality. And I'm just getting a bunch of details, but I'll try to hit your other things. Let's see. Ascended masters. Ascended masters is more of a metaphor than it is a reality. There's some reality to it in that there are some groups of individuals that no longer live here in this virtual reality who uh, do work together to help people grow up and see bigger pictures. Okay. And Ascended Masters is probably as good a, you know, as good a metaphor to stick on that as anything else. 
but it's not really that, you know, it's not that all the, you know, the giants that you've heard of all get together and are somewhere off in the distant non-physical clouds, you know, manipulating events and handing out goodies to the faithful and so on. It's not really like that. It's not ascended masters so much in a, in a literal sense, but it's not a bad metaphor in the metaphorical sense. Don't try to make these metaphors too specific. You know, metaphors are things that describe something, often a feeling or, or something that's going on, and, and take it at that level. Don't try to then make it physical or make it too detailed. You know, if you hear a poet say, and her eyes were as deep as the deep blue sea, don't say, well, what sea was that? I sees I know are either green or brown, you know, uh, or, or clear. And how deep was it? You know, you get deep enough and it gets dark and it goes black and there isn't any blue there at all. So it was really in the deep blue sea. It probably wasn't blue. You know, you can just go on and on and on and beat the metaphor to death, but that's not the point. You just confuse yourself and end up all <laughs> wadded up in your intellect. You just have to let that go. Okay. Ascended masters. All right. People in the know don't live here anymore. Helping us out. Yeah. All right, that's true, but don't feed it too much specificity or you'll just end up, you know, tripping yourself up uh, would be my, my suggestion. Uh, gravity. Gravity is just a part of the rule set. Gravity is part of the rule set. The, uh, what can we say about that? You know, the rule set is the, well, the way this reality started is it started because the, the larger conscious system needed a reality that had consequences that mattered, a place where you could make choices and the choices count. The choices have consequences and serious consequences, not just a big chat room where pieces of conscious chat with each other all the time and there's no consequences. You don't grow up very fast there. You needed a place that has consequences, a place where you make real choices that affect yourself and others things that you can grow up with or, or grow down with if you make poor choices. So that's why the reality is here. And nobody programmed it. It was started with initial conditions. That's that little ball of plasma it was just the initial conditions in the program. And, and uh, you know, high temperature, high pressure plasma. And when you hit the run button, the plasma starts to change according to the rule set. Gravity's part of that rule set. There's a lot of other things in that rule set. Scientists, try to discover the rules. That's what scientists do. They, they, they discover little nuggets in the rule set. Say, aha, this is the way this place works. See, this always works this way. It's a rule set, part of our rules. So that's what science is. It's digging out the rules in the rule set. So the rule set is all of the science, even the science that we don't know yet, that, that this uh, reality is then evolving with. So the reality evolves and under the rule set, and just becomes whatever it becomes. Okay, so it's an evolved reality. And when the evolved character, in, when the characters in it evolve in the simulation to have interesting choices, then consciousness can go play one of those characters. You're a consciousness, you're not the body. The body is just an, an evolved, um, um, what do we call it, uh, avatar. Okay, so your consciousness, don't confuse yourself with the body. Gravity is just a part of the rule set. There are no fields. You know, we talk about the gravitational field, 
the electric field, the magnetic field, none of those really exist. They're mathematical abstractions. There are no fields. Okay, yes, okay, I'm speaking, and, and uh, my speaking creates a little electrical signal here in this mic, which runs up and comes down this wire and goes on and so on, and it gets, if I'm, say, my computer is wireless, it goes out on an electric magnetic field, right, and goes to the computer. There is no, there are no fields. There's just information, and there's rules. So if I have a charge here and a positive charge and another positive charge here, and I'm holding them both there, and I'm going to let this one go, what's it going to do? It's going to move away because the two positives repel each other. But it's not because there's a magnetic field between them. It's because there's a rule that says when you have two charges, one of them is going to move away with the force charge one times charge two divided by the square of the distance between them. It's a rule. It's just information. You don't need a field. Physicists made up fields to make it sound like it was something physical going on. But there really are no fields. If you think about it, how much does a field weigh? How many fields can you get in a bottle? You know, um, physical things have weight. They have, um, you know, they have, um, they take up space. So you have something that you can't see, you can't hear, you can't smell. doesn't seem to take up any space. Yet we're supposed to say that it's real and physical. It doesn't meet any of the kind, it doesn't meet any of the rules for physical. So it is really just a mathematical contrivance. We have the rule set and you can, this rule set works the way it works and we can make up fields as if there were a field. And that helps us understand and use the rule set. It's a handy thing for us, but there are none of those things. So gravity is just like that. You know, the other day, well, other day, about two years ago, the physicists thought they saw a gravity wave. They didn't measure a gravity wave. There's no such thing as a gravity wave. They measured a, a force. Okay, they measured a force. A force was there, and suddenly it wasn't. There was a change in the force, right? Sounds like, like Luke, you know, or, or Obi-Wan. You know, there was a change in the force, and they measured that change in the force. That's what they measured. Force is a real thing. Yes, forces are real. I mean, real in this in this virtual reality. It's a, it's rendered as a real thing, but uh, you know, wave uh, uh, fields are not actually real. And uh, when when the first physicists came up with fields, the the rest of the physicists thought it was kind of a cheap trick because it was a just a mathematical thing that they called a field, and then everybody pretended that it was physical, but. Uh, you don't need it to be physical. It's just an extra thing, you know, that isn't necessary. So gravity is just a part of the rule set. That's why it works the way it works. Uh, what else did you have on your list? Uh, my memory's kind of fading after gravity. What, what else did you have there on your list? Um, I think I think the last thing that I had on there was um, like the three kind acts for like hacking the being it, like your perception of like, how do we get into the the being it a little bit? Quicker. Okay. Well, one of the things, and you've 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 kind of talked around it, and then you talked around it like uh, go uh, be kind, do three kind things. Of course, if you tell people about it and brag about it, then it's all in your ego. But you can do it and keep it in your intellect. You can say, well, I'm going to do two, three kind things. Okay, look around. Okay, that would be kind. I'll go do that. Okay, number one, number two, number three, 
And if it all stays in your intellect, then there's really no gain other than you've helped people out. You've done something kind, and that's nice. It's a gain for them, but it's a very minor gain for you if it stays in your intellect. But the trick is that if you repeat things through repetition, things will sink from your intellect into your being level. That's why when you do an affirmation, you know, I'm going to get rid of my fear and take responsibility for my life. And you write that on your refrigerator and you repeat it, you know, a hundred times every day. Well, if you look at that intellectually, you'll say, well, that's silly. You know, reading a sentence a hundred times in a day isn't going to change anything in your life. But what happens, it does, because repeating that sentence a hundred times in a day, that sentence moves from your intellect down to your being level to where you're not just reading the sentence, but it becomes a part of you. So repetition is important. And repetition is one of the ways we get things that are in our intellect down into our being level. So if you want to act better and act kinder, that's nice, but keep doing it and 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 doing it. And yes, it started in your intellect. You were just trying to act kind because you thought you should. And it's not because you were kind, but you just thought you should and it would be better. But if you keep doing it enough, it'll actually, you'll become it. And you'll be kind. And you'll stop doing it because you had three of them to do today. You'll just do it because you see somebody in need. You see, so repetition is a key ingredient in moving information from the intellect down into the being level to where you are kind. So using your intellect as the initiator of this growth is a good idea. It's not that the intellect is a useful thing. It's a very powerful tool, but it's just not where the power lies. Its power is in direction. The intellect can direct you. It can direct you to be kind 10 times every day, 20 times every day, in everything you do, in all your relationships. Make it about other, not, don't make it about yourself. When you start to feel angry, say, ah, no, I don't want to feel that way. Not that I don't want to act that way, but I don't want to feel that way. And eventually, after the hundredth time you say that, you stop feeling that way. <coughs> so that's, that's kind of how you go from intellect down into the being levels with repetition, but it has to be sincere. <coughs> Even your acting needs to be sincere. If you're doing it just because, you know, you want your friends to be impressed with how kind you are, <coughs> then it's not going to help you. But if you're doing it because you think kind is a good way to be, but you're just not kind yet. Well, what do they say? Uh, uh, fake it until you make it right? Act it until you become it. <coughs> but repetition will help you become it. Awesome. I'm starting to cough. So I guess we're getting pretty close to the, <coughs> the end where my voice isn't going to take us much further. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I definitely agree with that. And I think that's a really good point. You know, that's, that's an awesome way to get into the into the being. It's, it's simple. Mm -hmm. And again, just if you change your way of being to just be a kind person, everything else will shift all these like ideas and theories and all these questions you have right. and is good or bad. And how do I, how do I manifest? How do I use law of attraction? How do I meditate? What do I do? Like if you just be kind, all of that will start to naturally sort out because it's one of those fundamental programs. Right. It's my, it, my, it'll shift because you are no longer the same person. 
Yeah. Once you get something down in your being level, now you at the being level are a different person. That different person sees the whole world differently than it did before. That's why if all you're doing is acting and it stays up in your intellect, you don't change. Your behavior changes, but you don't change. As soon as you get it down into the being level, you change. And as a different person, <coughs> you interpret the world differently. You see the world differently. New opportunities open up, old opportunities you know, go away. It's just everything's different. And then you learn something else and it's all different again. And that's what it's like growing up. Think about when you were three years old and you had to grow up. Well, you grow up and every time you change, the whole world becomes different. You know, it's, uh, it's just a different place with different opportunities, different things you can do, different things you're interested in, different friends you, you know, that you might want to have. It just, you change. And that's the good thing. You just keep growing up and changing and, and uh, everything gets different all the time. Yep. A hundred percent agree. Well, Tom, this has been such a privilege again to speak with you. I'm so, I'm so grateful for you and your work and like the message behind it and the intention because all the intellectual people out there, everybody in Silicon Valley, all the people <clears throat> using, you know, that intellect and logical mind, which is a part of it, you're bringing it back to a being level. It's like, yes, there is intellect, but it's not, that's not the pinnacle. You know what I mean? It's, we use that to assist this other thing, this feeling based, this cooperation based, this evolution of consciousness because intellect will only take you so far, you know, right. and you, you, you know, so you're a, an amazing uh, high priest and shepherd um, for, <laughs> for moving, for moving that idea and positioning. And even if you go beyond intellect and just into common sense, use both, use intellect and common sense, you know what I mean? And then you could do things like, I don't know, like a, a, a death ritual meditation. Just think about your life. Like what would you do if you died in a week in a month in two years? Why do you think you get permanent? What do you actually value? What are your value sets? <laughs> what are your cultural sets or rule sets? What are you passionate about? And define that for yourself. And you're, and now you're creating deliberately rather than default. Right. And you've got all these options of, of kind of directions you can go to, but you can start really being more deliberate with the direction that you want to go. And then that's going to shepherd people into that idea. If it is harmonious, if it is caring for everybody, if it, you know, if it's making you happier, like you talked about at the beginning. So I'll let you um, close it out with anything that you want to share or, um, you know, anything that you want to add. But the one question I want to ask, cause I'll, I'll be upset if I don't ask it, but you talked about like, okay, if we're in a simulation, you talk about who made it and what is it for? Have you come to any conclusions to that? Um, those oh, sure. big questions. Sure. Yeah. This. uh, that's a very basic part of this theory, and that it's the larger consciousness system is the system in charge. Now, the larger consciousness system is just all of consciousness, the conscious system. We're a piece of that. We're a piece of that conscious system. Um, we're a chip off that, that old block, so to speak. And that is the fundamental reality for us. Okay. And in my books, I talk about its origins, kind of where it comes from. Uh, I start with an assumption that consciousness exists uh, because you cannot get outside the system of which you are a part. In other words, we're consciousness, so we can't get outside of consciousness to see what it looks like from the outside or what's on the other side of its boundary. So we have this finite consciousness system. It's not infinite. It's a finite system, and it is uh, a, 
information system is a, a, a digital system because digital is the is the low entropy way of, of dealing with information. It's very flexible. Um, and this system needed to evolve. And in my books, I start with it as just a, um, an awareness, a very, a very um, primordial awareness that can't be, is not aware of anything more than that it seems to be able to exist. You know, I exist and I exist like this and, then I can also exist like that. I can I have two different states of existence that I can be in. I can have kind of this way, that way, this attitude, that attitude, just that there's some difference. And from that, everything else evolves. So after that, you can just look at how that would evolve in order to lower entropy. In an information system, it evolves by lowering entropy. Uh, a system where all the bits in the system are random has no information. That's what random means. There is no information. So entropy means more order, more uh, organization. So as those bits get organized, that creates information. So an information system evolves by lowering its entropy. And you can make that same logical case that lowering entropy in a social system is becoming love. That's the, that's the way social systems optimize their ability their their uh as you say you know what they can what they can produce with what they've got uh, you they optimize it with they optimize it with cooperation and caring so it's, it's all part of a thing so i start back at the very beginning start with a kind of a hand-waving conjecture about where that consciousness first consciousness awareness came from because you can't say anything definite about it because you can't get outside of consciousness to you know to look back at it in a in a, a uh, objective way you can only look at it from being inside of it but you can be all around inside of it you don't have to be stuck in this little virtual reality that we call the physical universe that's just one small part of it you, there's a lot more of it that you can do so this conscious reality in its process of evolving and it's a, you know, in its viewpoint, it either evolves, lowers its entropy, or it dies if it raises its entropy. If it continually raises its entropy, it ends up with no information. Everything's random. So it's constantly trying to lower its entropy, which gives it more choices, more interesting things to do. Uh, so from that, it decides it needs a reality where there are more um, consequences and the choices so that pieces of itself can evolve more readily. Those pieces of itself are us. And then, it, like I say, it starts with a, a initial conditions and a rule set, and here we are. So we're consciousness. It's like, uh, it's like the player playing World of Warcraft. That player is like the consciousness, makes all the choices for the, for, for the elf. The elf doesn't do anything unless that player tells it what to do, gives it a choice. So all the choices are made by the consciousness. The avatar, the elf, just follows whatever the choice is. We're like that. We are actually consciousness, a player playing an avatar. If we don't give it any choices, it just won't do anything. So we believe that we are the avatar because we came here, and there's a whole structure about all, how all this works, but we just came here completely embedded, completely immersed in this avatar's experience with no other intellectual experience. All we came here is with quality. 
And what we're doing is we are trying to reduce our entropy, to evolve our consciousness, become more spiritual, become more love-like. And as we do, that quality that we gain to our consciousness, we get to keep. Next experience we have, next experience packet, we come, we get another avatar, and we play the game. Well, if we make good choices, now we end up with a little higher quality and so on. So the quality is what we're here to do. We're here to become love, learn to cooperate, care. That's the point. That's what makes, that's what makes more choices and a more evolved system. So not only we are evolving, but as we evolve, the system evolves because we're part of the system. So if we lower our entropy a little bit and we're part of the system, the system has its entropy lowered a little bit too. So we're part of the system's strategy for evolution. That's why the system would build a simulator for us to make more growing choices in. And we can go through all of the details, you know, where did all the fear come from? You know, why are we like this? You know, why is it such a hateful place? And on and on and on. And they're all very logical things that just fall out of, fall out of this theory. So the larger consciousness system is the programmer, but he didn't really program the reality. You know, it's the metaphor, the programmer, the, the source. Larger consciousness system is a source. And the larger consciousness system is a real thing. It's an evolving thing. It's not done. It's a finite thing. It's just a very large system. Okay, now I was on the stage with a couple of th theologians about three years back, and I'm doing a little... Uh, talk in a unity church in the outskirts of Atlanta, Georgia. And while I had him there, I thought uh, I would uh, uh, take advantage of that fact. So I asked the two theologians to tell me what the attributes of God were. I mean, you know, theologians, right? They got PhDs in theology. They ought to know those kinds of questions. So I said, what are the, th what are the attributes of God? Now, don't give me dogma and, you know, creed and all that junk. Just tell me what the fundamental attributes of God are, you know, what are the fundamental characteristics and attributes? And they spent a little time huddled together, coming up with stuff and writing things down. And they came out with about five or six things that were the fundamental attributes of God. And I then proceeded to describe how each one of those things was a fundamental attribute of the larger consciousness system. So if you want that God connection, then it can be this larger consciousness system, but it's a finite system. It's not a perfect system. It can make mistakes. It has to learn and grow. It was where we were some time back. It also had fear, didn't know how to cooperate. And its teachers were us. When we were made chips off that old block because entropy re reduction required it, the, the system had to deal with us. And in dealing with us, it had to learn that the only way to deal with us that really worked was through love. You see, everything else was dysfunctional. So the system itself had to learn that lesson. It's still evolving and we're a part of it. So it goes on and on. So those are kind of those basic questions. So if you want to look at it from theology, then this my big toe theory of consciousness also derives God from first principles if your God can be an imperfect, finite, you know, uh, a source of everything else and doesn't have to be, uh, you know, perfect and infinite and forever and so on. The larger conscious system is still evolving and we're part of that.
evolution. And the more we evolve, the more powerful, the more uh, viable, the more choices the whole system has. So the whole thing is growing into something bigger and better all the time. And there is no end point to that. So it's not like you be a nice boy and be nice and, you know, learn to love people. And then you get out of this hell hole and don't have to come back here anymore. That is not the way it works. When you grow up, you become love. And when you become love, you want to help. You want to be part of the solution. You don't want to escape. You want to see if you can't be of service. You don't want to escape service. You want to be of service. You don't want to get away from the hell hole. You want to see if you can't encourage the hell hole to be a little less hellish. You see, that's what it means by growing up. You don't become love and then, uh, you know, get out of town quickly because you can't, you don't want to, you know, be in a, such a dysfunctional place. That's all self-centered. That's ego. That's not being grown up. So it's system is, is an evolution is open-ended. It just keeps evolving. It keeps going and becoming and being and improving. And as it does, there's more and more options available. So it's just, we're part of that system. And uh, we can only go back so far and for we have to end up in conjecture because we can't get out of the system to look outside of it because we are, we are consciousness. It has no meaning to us to get outside of consciousness. Uh, that doesn't, it doesn't uh, doesn't mean anything. You can't be consciousness and get outside of consciousness. We're conscious because we're part of this larger consciousness system. So might there be other larger consciousness systems that have things? Sure, there could be, but it's all conjecture. It's not something that you can say for sure. It's not logical that there is or there isn't. It's, it's only logic will take you to I don't know. And beyond that, it takes you to I can't know because I'm inside and I can't know what's outside. So <clears throat> that's kind of the way it rolls up as far as theology goes. It gives a perfectly uh, scientific derivation of really what is this God, this source, this, uh, 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 you know, the beginning of us all. And then if you look at all the little things that come out of that, okay, we're chips off that block. We're pieces of consciousness. Oh, we seem to be made in the larger conscious system's image, aren't we? Because we're little chips of that consciousness and God is love. Yeah, that kind of fits too. And you can go through a lot of the, of the theology that's Christian and that's Buddhist and that's, uh, you know, all the different religions. And you can find that all of the fundamental things, just like this, these two theologists said, all the fundamental attributes that are really important after you throw out the dogma and the creeds and the, and the, and that stuff, it's just like the larger conscious system. It is the source. So no programmer, it's an evolved virtual reality, but it has functions and those functions require things like allowing us to modify future probability. That's one of the logical functions that just comes out of the way it has to work. It has to have a future probable database and a past uh, database of all the things that had happened and all the things that could have happened and the probability that they might have happened. It's all there. And in these databases is where you get information like auras or remote viewing or all of this stuff uh, comes out of uh, the database. It's all available to people. And what is it the Hindus call that? The Akashic Records. Yeah. So, you know, the ancients 
figured a lot of this out just because all you need to figure this out is to go inside yourself and explore consciousness. Now, you may have to do it for a lifetime, but you can figure it out. And they were just as capable of figuring it out as we were because they had a mind. And if they had the time and didn't starve to death and, you know, while doing it, had the time to uh, explore it, then they could discover all the same things that anybody else can discover exploring consciousness. And that's where these ideas come from that, oh, yeah, this reality is hallucination. Yeah, love is the answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Kashuk records, and you get all this stuff because that's what's there. And uh, anybody that learns to explore it will come up with different metaphors, but the same content. Because there is only, you know, there is only one truth, but there's thousands upon thousands of paths to get to that truth through thousands of thousands different viewpoints and and metaphors. So that's why I say everybody's adding to the solution. Everybody that's out there being positive is part of the solution. Doesn't matter what your metaphor is. It doesn't matter if you're doing it for Jesus or for Allah or for Buddha or for your mother, you know, or, uh, you know, because you just think it's a good idea. It doesn't matter any of that. It just matters that you do it. And if you do it, then you're part of the solution. And keep doing it and do more of it because I think in the next couple of decades, there's going to be a splitting point where either we get it and we go forward in a great leap or we slip slide away and get back into giving up our, uh, uh, you know, finding another set of high priests to tell us what to believe. And we'll pick some other set. You know, maybe we'll go back to having religious priests again. But uh, I hope not. I hope not. I hope we see the big picture and can say, yeah, it's consciousness. We're it. We're evolving. We're need, we need to become love. We have no excuses. You know, we, we're responsible for every choice we make. If we get angry, it's because we choose to be angry. We could choose not to be angry. But because you have that fear, which gives you that ego and those beliefs, that's why you choose to be angry. You get rid of the fear, you don't choose to be angry anymore. People can insult you and you just smile and you feel compassion for them because they're confused and misunderstand. Or they're right and you are, you are messed up, but you're doing the best you can. That's okay too. You see, that's perfectly all right. That's another thing I might say, as long as I'm on a little roll here, and that is that the way forward does not require perfection. Don't wait until you know that it's right. A lot of people will say, well, I don't know where to start, and if I do this, well, maybe that's not right, or maybe that's not the best way. That doesn't matter. Just do it. In other words, be authentic. Work on your fear. Get rid of them. Whatever authentic is, doesn't matter. Be it. And if that's something that's ugly, well, change it. But you can't change it if you don't own it. You see, if you don't become authentic and you don't own it and you don't accept it who you are, you can't change who you are because who you are is an image in your own mind and you make that up as you go. You know, you change it, but nothing really changes. You just, you just imagine it. So you can't change yourself until you own yourself and you can't do that unless you're authentic. But don't worry about doing something wrong. Well, what's the low entropy solution? Well, think about it. Do due diligence. Make your choice. 
Let the chips fall however they may. Look back at it and see if you can't learn something. Learn something that'll help you make a better choice. That's the progress for evolution, not waiting around until you're sure that you're going to do the right thing in the right way. That's a prescription for going nowhere. So just go do it. Anything. Start with being kind three times a day. Start with being kind once a week. You know, work your way up. You know, it doesn't matter. Just start someplace and do something, and it will work itself out. It will take charge and lead you to where you need to go. Just start. You don't need to be right. You don't need the right way. Well, what's the best way to meditate? It doesn't matter what the best way to meditate is. Just meditate. Go listen to some music, you know. Go do, you know, sit on a porch, watch trees grow, you know. Do whatever you do to meditate. But it'll change. Just do it and work at it. And then after you've done it for six months, say, am I learning? Have I gotten someplace? Am I a better person now? And if no, then go do something else. But you don't have to know what is the best route? What is the best thing? What books should I read? What teacher should I go? I'm so confused. I don't know where to start. Well, you're just stuck in that confusion and you'll always be stuck because there is no best place to start. There's only a best time to start and that's now. That's the only thing there is that's best and the rest of it will all take care of itself if you just you know, get off the dime and start doing something about it. Start working on getting rid of fear. And if you're serious about it, then you'll end up being in the right place, doing the right things in the right way. So that's the kind of the last thing I guess that I would say. Don't wait for knowledge to let you know you're doing the right thing. Just do something that feels kind, that feels good, that feels like you're helping, that you're part of the solution, and then learn from it. Did it turn out just to be a big ego trip? Well, why? Find the fear that turns on that ego. Get rid of the fear and do it again. It's not a quick trip. It's a lifetime's trip. It's actually many lifetimes trip. So it doesn't have to have fast results. Just keep at it and you will succeed. You'll find happiness, satisfaction, good relationships. It'll just happen. All you got to do is start. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's beautiful. I totally, I totally agree. Really, really brilliant. The whole thing is amazing and uh, just a really brilliant ending as well. I, t I totally agree with that. Just do something. Get feedback. Try again. You know, that's why skateboarding is a good analogy because it's like <laughs> only failure. And sometimes right. you get it. And like, okay, cool. Then sometimes you get it a little bit more consistently. So right. I think a lot of people get stuck with that. So really, really amazing. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for your work and, and spending so much time with me and sharing all that stuff and for everybody listening. Um, where can you have so many lectures online? People can go deeper in all this. If you're intellectual, you want to go into the physics, you share that. You, you, you have so much work out there. Where can people find out more about you? Go to YouTube, um, www.youtube.com slash TWCJR44. And that will get you there directly, but it's an easier route if you just go to Google and put in Tom Campbell or My Big Toe or uh, MBT or something like that. I'll show up somewhere in a, probably on the first page and, and uh, 
you can get to those things pretty easily through Google. But that's a good place to go. I've got many thousands of hours of video up there, enough to probably scare you half to death, you know. But again, don't worry where you start. Just start and, and see where it goes. You can read some of the titles. I try to make them descriptive. Other than that, I have books. You can buy any place that books are sold normally. And if you don't want to buy them, but you still want to read them, you can go to Google Books. And on Google Books, they'll have a thing where you can, um, they say that you can, like, read portions of it. You know, like you can go to a place and say, you can read 10% of this book, you know, to see whether or not you want to buy it. Well, when I was given the opportunity to say what percentage I wanted people to be able to read to see if they wanted to buy it, I put 100. So you can go to Google Books and go to that little section where you get the preview of the book and you can preview the whole book from page one to page, you know, N because I put 100% down there. So it's free. The books are really free on Google Books if you just want to read until you decide that you want to buy or you don't want to buy it all. That's fine. It's the information that's important, not not the buying. So that's it. And let's see, if you want to know where I'm going to be and where I talk and what's going on, I give a whole bunch of uh, intensives now. I'm giving three or four of those a year. And what it is is a, it's a, it's a very intensive program, lasts for about four days. And it's about how to get around in the larger conscious system, how to go explore, how to how to uh, do all the paranormal things if you want to do those. But basically, it's not really about doing paranormal things. It's about getting into the larger consciousness system and being operative there, knowing what you're, what you're doing and how to do it and how to get your intent stronger so that you can make a difference and do the kind of things you want to do, get data out of the databases, whatever. And I use all that database and, and, uh, and stuff about paranormal stuff just as an attractive thing to get people interested. But really what it's about is growing up. <laughs> That's the secret message because as you do these things, eventually you realize that the only way to really get there is to grow up and get rid of your fear. So, you know, if you make it about doing paranormal things, you know, a hundred people will want to show up. If you make it about growing up, nobody will show up at all. So you make it about paranormal things, 100 people show up, and most of them will grow up if they stay with it. So it's a trick. Trojan horse it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So I got that going on. But anyway, I was going to say, go to MBT Events, www.mbtevents.com. And those are the people that put all these things on. And uh, uh, they will say where I'm going to be when and what's going on this year, next year, and the year after. So that's the schedule of of me doing events places. That's about it. Awesome. Well, this has been a real treat. I appreciate you. Uh, have an amazing day. Thanks so much for coming on. And, <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, hopefully we'll talk again soon. I appreciate the opportunity to help share this with you and uh, hopefully a whole lot of other people. It's getting out there. That's why we're here. Yep. Awesome. So, so long See you guys. Thanks for watching. Bye. Holy bananas, that wraps up that incredible three-parter with Tom Campbell. I hope that you enjoyed that. I hope that your mind is not too blown. I find it so interesting that 
what his conclusion is all spiritual principles, even though it's simulation theory. And we didn't even touch on the physics. If you want to go physics with Tom, then you're in for it. I have no idea. I've watched a couple of them and I'm like, I don't know what he's talking about. Um, but it's really fascinating. You can go physics with him. But really the important piece is that, you know, we can apply all of these principles, whether we're physicists or not physicists, whether we're in a simulation or not a simulation. But what it can do is when you open up to more options, you you have more freedom and then you got to get really clear in what it is you want. So when you realize what is more important to you, when you put your values first, when you get clear on what you want, you know it's going to take some work and it's going to take some effort. But what it does is it gives you an option. If, you, if there's something in your life you don't like, you know you can change it. And that's the important piece. So thank you guys so much who are um, sharing podcasts. That really helps. Leaving reviews, it really helps. All my patrons, thank you so, so much. It really, really helps. If you want to support me, go to patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair. Um, the best thing that you can do, though, is one act of kindness today. And even better than that, please take the kindness challenge. Just let me know you're taking it. Do three kind acts in a day for a week and invite your friends to do it, to take the kindness challenge and then write me and let me know how it affected you because people are having profound experiences, more starting to take it. And if anything should go viral, kindness should go viral. So help make that happen. Just let people know you're taking the kindness challenge. Let me know. You don't have to, you don't share every single kind thing you do. You say, Hey, I'm taking the kindness challenge, three kind acts a day for a week, going out of my way to do it. Um, and that to me is great. And if we can do that as a collective, um, that would be incredible because then the podcast is having impact in community. And that's what we're all about. Like it's hard to change the world, clean up the ocean, stop war, stop famine, do all these things that I know about and break my heart. But what we can do is we can make that impact each and every day. And sometimes I can say that, you know, for me, I've been guilty of just not making an impact where I can with what I have being fully present with where I am in that moment, feeling either, um, just defeated or, or depressed or overwhelmed by all the darkness and just not doing what I could do, you know, and, and, and it's all in the mind anyways. But what, what is definitely possible is that I have an opportunity each and every moment, wherever I am to make a positive impact and I can control that. So pretty pleased. If you like the podcast, take the kindness challenge, tag three friends, get them to inspire them to do it. Let's together make kindness go viral. So all of my love and appreciation for you. If you want some coaching, we can dive deep on literally anything, consciousness, spirituality, life purpose, um, overcoming blocks, fitness. It doesn't matter. Um, if you want some help, I'm doing one-on-one sessions now, heart journey sessions and some, uh, group coaching will be coming up. So uh, just make an inquiry at mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. And, uh, Uh, Check out Zen Athlete if you haven't yet. And that's it. So let's uh, close this three-parter out with just peace and ease with three deep breaths because that was a lot. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Tom. Holy crap. Um, Love and appreciate everybody out there. Big, big hug being sent through the airwaves. So wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Taking a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and just let it out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day, all the stresses and all the limitations and limiting beliefs. Taking in another deep breath in through your nose, connecting to cosmic divine life force energy, your breath, holding that breath in, feeling complete and whole and just let that breath out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day, just feeling totally confident, peaceful and at ease. Taking in one more deep breath in through your nose. 
holding that breath and just see yourself go about today in the next few weeks being kind and compassionate to yourself. See yourself be kind and compassionate to others and connecting with your true power, your true inner power, knowing you can create and influence your reality. Just see yourself begin to manifest the life of your dreams over the coming weeks, coming months, and coming years through your own decision, your own focus, your own awareness, um, and your own power and connection with source. So there you go. Thank you so much for coming on this episode. I love and I appreciate you. Have an amazing day and we will see you in the next one.